0: Welcome to the Sound in Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Isham, owner and founder of Dreamer Productions and Sound in Marketing Learning. I create, consult, and educate brands and individuals on the power of sound in marketing. To learn more about Sound in Marketing, check out some great resources, take some courses, and join a cool community, go to soundinmarketing.com. If you're a brand that needs help navigating the sound space through research and or consultancy, or you're looking to create sonic branding, go to dreamerproductions.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com. Now onto the show. For this season, I wanted to focus on definitions, because if you don't fully understand the industry, it's harder to navigate it and harder to ultimately succeed. And that's why every episode will start with, what is... Ideally, you can scroll through the episode titles and decide what specific voice topic you want to focus on for the next 15 or 20 minutes. Today, we will be defining social audio with a very special guest, Ahmed Bouzid from Witlingo. Dr. Ahmed Bouzid is founder and CEO of Witlingo and previously head of Alexa's smart home product at Amazon. Dr. Bruzeed holds 12 patents in the speech recognition and natural language processing field and was recognized as a speech luminary by Speech Technology Magazine and as one of the top 11 speech technologists by VoiceBot.ai. Welcome to the show, Ahmed.
1: Thank you so much, Gina. I'm very happy to be here with you and thank you for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. Um, So why don't you go ahead and start talking about uh, wit lingo and what you do and we'll get into this whole social audio
1: experience? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, WitLingo is a Washington, D.C. based. So we're based in McLean, Virginia just outside of Washington, D.C. Um, and we help brands engage with their audiences by launching um, sonic experiences. For example, we've been doing a lot of Alexa um, skills, um, Google Assistant Actions, and now we're getting into um, social audio in, uh, in the sense of enabling a brand to give voice to their customers or prospects or even their employees uh, and giving them voice literally so that they can speak and say things um, in a way that is far, um, far richer than simply text, um, but less heavy than than video.
0: And we kind of spoke a little bit off uh, off recording, and I think it's very important to note that um, the concepts that we're talking about on social audio are fairly new, and um, we both agree that it's not really been tapped yet. People are starting to play with it, but we're not entirely sure what it looks like yet. So, what could you define social uh, social audio as at this present time, and where do you see it going?
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh, social audio is, is an emerging concept, um, and I think it describes uh, platforms and products that uh, enable users to connect with each other um, and engage each other using voice. So uh, the most famous ones are Clubhouse, Discord, uh, Twitter Spaces, um, where users not only engage in voice-centric conversations, but also discover other users uh, who use their interests. So that's the social dimension, right? So there is the audio dimension where you can hear and you can speak. Um, But it's more than simply uh, a platform that enables these conversations. It's a platform that enables uh, the discovery of folks who share your interest and your passion. And folks who go and actually spend the time to listen to something or say something are are truly passionate uh, in a way that is probably uh, more than somebody who just goes to a chat room because the investment is, uh, is higher, right? You have to hear, and you have to concentrate, and you have to say things using your voice. Um, and so I think the social dimension of it is very important to remember.
0: I, I've been on Clubhouse for several weeks now, and uh, now that it's on Android, thing, thankfully. Um, and it's funny because it's a, it's a social audio app, and yet I am still retraining myself to not look at my phone. You know, so I'm on there, I'm listening, maybe I'm engaging, I'm on the stage talking and I have to look at the little bubbles. I have to look at the people and it's, it's so interesting how we've just kind of ingrained in us that we have to do the visual and the audio. Uh, And it just gives me this thought of we're, we're still just barely on the cusp of this because Mm -hmm. if I feel like I still have to look, then is it truly audio only? yeah Do you have no any that's thoughts on that? no
1: that's a great point that's a great point i think that's definitely a, an area of innovation right um so uh, you know whenever i think of a product um, i always try to imagine the experience right what should the experience be um ideally right so if i am preparing food um or i don't know i'm raking leaves or um, whatever i'm doing where my eyes and hands are occupied and where i have AirPods, in my ears, right? I want to be able to listen, and I want to be able to speak, but I also want to be able to do things like that control that are control related, right? So, for example, maybe when when a friend of mine comes into the room, there's a whisper said, "Hey, you know, Gina is here," right? Um, and I think if we start exploring those possibilities, I think that's where innovation is going to come in. Uh, where can you can you do? Clubhouse without having to look at your phone. I think that's thrilling uh, if somebody is able to get us to that point, right? Um, And being able to do that is is not sort of like a poor man's version of 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 having a smartphone in front of you. In fact, it's a much better experience for certain use cases, right? For the use case where you are sitting in the couch, you know, uh, your cat, and you're looking at your phone. And maybe you want to see people and you want to scroll up and down. That's great, right? Uh, but when you're not, um, the better experience is the totally ice free, hands free. And I'm one of those. I'm, uh, I'm really focused on trying to deliver the ice free, hands free, um, sort of voice only. Um, and it's one, all right. One way of doing it. And there is multimodal and there is, and all kinds of things. But yeah, I think that's a great point that you made.
0: And um, I was speaking to uh, Shamala recently about voice design, voice design, and she was talking about how uh, some automotive companies are designing, um, you know, their autonomous vehicles where uh, if, if you know, you want to, you ask, you ask Siri or, or whatever. I want to go to McDonald's and you're on route on route and they don't know which McDonald's you want. Cause there's a billion of them. Or I think we use Starbucks in this example. Um, and so they're actually using like eye recognition so mm. that they know where you're kind of looking so that they're not disturbing the drive and they're not getting you into an accident. Um, and they're able to, to guide you to the Starbucks or McDonald's that you want to go to. And just going back to the clubhouse example Um, It's very hard for me to really do anything when I'm on clubhouse because it's like watching listening to a podcast. I can't do anything else. I have to listen. That's just how I'm wired. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if there was a functionality on um, like the, the clubhouse idea of just chit chatting while I'm driving. And maybe there was like a wake word or something Mm -hmm. like that, or they could recognize that I wanted to say something. So I wouldn't have to touch my phone. I can be listening and driving at the same time and say, I want to interject and say something, if there was a way for me to unmute, say my thing and then mute again without ever touching my phone and I'm just continuing, I think that that would be a groundbreaking thing as well.
1: I mean, that's where voice, uh, voice user interface design comes in, right? Uh, that is very tricky, right? Uh, I think very tricky both in terms of designing the experience, but also in terms of implementing it, right? Because because um, voice is so time dependent, right? So just like a second or half a second of a, you know, of a you know of of, of not doing it right uh, would create a little bit of a chaos, right? Um, and so, and I think that's why one of the reasons why you know Clubhouse went on and went on, on the iPhone first because the iPhone is very controlled in terms of uh, there's only one way of doing it, whereas the Android has many ways of doing it, right? Lots of devices and and important factors. And the challenge that they solve with the iPhone is not trivial at all, right? I mean, you could have rooms with thousands of people listening. So bandwidth and audio and VoIP and all that, those are not easy problems to solve. And so that's why it took them quite a a long time to get to the Android version, which is not typical of, just regular app. Usually, they, they have the iPhone first or the Android first, and then maybe a couple of weeks later, they have the other one, right? So yeah, um, so I think I think it is an, it's a hard problem, but all worthwhile problems are hard, right? All worthwhile problem, uh, worthwhile things are are hard to solve, um, and I think um, I think that's where the innovation will push. I think where we are today is still very much heavy on visual. Um, I think all of us sort of grew up with visual. Um, you know, we we're talking about you kids who are, you know, the next generation, I think they will, I think they will be where, which is great because they will be living more, more like we lived before the introduction of the smartphone, where we sort of, you know, interacted with the world naturally, you know, you know we walked and we saw. You know. We looked up. We looked up, <laughs> right? <laughs> we did. And I'm hoping this is just a phase, uh, you know. There's no reason why you should, you know, look down just to I don't know. To Especially get when you're good. crossing
0: the street. Oh, yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. A lot of innovation is going to come in, and again, these are hard problems, but I think they're all solvable.
0: I always go back to the internet. And when yeah. the internet came out, I was not an early adopter. We, uh, I think we had a computer at one point, but that was because my dad all of a sudden had to start typing his reports. And so my mom helped him <laughs> for
1: because
0: <more laughs> he couldn't type. And, um, <laughs> the internet was something that you'd go to the library and check out time mm-hmm. and you'd wait, you'd get 30 minutes and you could load two pages. Like that was what I remember yeah. the internet being. And I'm sure that I looked at that going, what is the point of this? This is just a waste of time. Like, what's the point? And I remember there's even a clip of, I think, Brian Gumbel mm-hmm. on Good Morning America where he's like, what is this Internet thing that everybody's talking about? And you see something like that. And then it just exploded. And now, I mean, I can't imagine my life. I couldn't do what I do without the Internet. Um I feel like that's going to be the same thing with these new platforms for audio. It's just one sense of the internet, honestly.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, and I think the, I think we we are at the beginning of something, um, big, not only with audio, but other things, right? I think other things that uh, are going to just push the envelope, uh, in terms of being able to communicate effectively, efficiently, being able to do a lot of things that were very expensive before. Right. I think with the introduction of AI, like somebody was pitching me, for example, what was it, uh, an, a bot that will write blog posts for me? Okay, as mm-hmm. right? Um, and and so the discussion was, okay, that sounds interesting, um, but what's let me, let me let me read one of these, right? Um, and when I read it, it was clearly coming from a robot. But I think in a year or two, I think that's going to change us. I think it's going to be things going to read well. Uh, and because natural language is pushing. So, those kinds of things where uh, everything is up for grabs in a way, all of those things are going to be very disruptive. Um, and I don't think we have enough imagination to, uh, you know, to foresee what's going to come uh, as a result of that. I mean, we couldn't, I mean, the internet was in front of us. I remember me too, right? In front of, front of us, and, and we couldn't tell what this thing is. I remember YouTube, right? I remember YouTube was, I was like, this is this is nonsense, right? You people are recording videos and then uploading them. And, and then because the videos then were just people, you know, it was, it was nothing interesting. Right. And so we didn't have enough imaginations to say, okay, what if there was a lot of interesting stuff? Right. And so I think that I'm just pointing to the example of our imaginations are so limited that it's, you know, it's almost futile to to try to think beyond maybe two years now, or maybe one year, because, I mean, like uh, Clubhouse came out in early 2020, right? In U as beta, as U closed beta, nobody knew about it until towards the end of the 2020 when it sort of took off, right? Uh, and nobody was talking about social audio. Everybody were talking about about certain aspects of it here and there, but it never crystallized in our head as okay, oh, so it's a place where people go and they talk to each other and they discover each other. Now it seems pretty obvious, right? <laughs> but it's you know again we are so limited in our imagination uh being able to predict um anyways but it, but that makes it exciting right so who knows what's going to happen around the corner that's why one has to just be agile right right and, and try things out you never know what will take off
0: and also like I think your imagination thing is spot on because um this is not just limited to usage on the internet this is on applications on phones it's also on smart devices because I think that there's an aspect of social audio that definitely isn't tapped yet on smart speakers the 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 drop in feature that they have how could that be more utilized can they make it into either a clubhousey kind of thing or could it be its own thing entirely like its own application i i guess it would still be called an application on a smart speaker but i'm not sure because i I see the the smart speaker as this um easier to swallow idea for people that don't understand voice assistance or voice ai or any of that stuff like you have your smart speaker in there and you've been told oh i can add to my grocery list i can listen to music i can do trivia and so you've got some usages for it, and I feel like if people can develop something off of that fundamental understanding of this device, I can talk to, yeah. maybe they can accept more. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no. I think I think you're right. Uh, well, uh, just uh, for the record, right? Um, uh, Amazon has a feature called drop in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for 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 your context, yeah, right? So you can drop, I can drop in on to, if you're giving me permission to drop in. Right. Um, and so I think that could be the, and if they, uh, probably they are, right. Can they take that idea of being able to drop in, uh, to someone to drop into a conversation that is totally audio, right? Cause that's, that, that would be the form factor, uh, about the use case we were talking about before, right? Where there's no screen, right? It's completely audio. Right. Um, and so then the the the, the question, then we always go back to the same question with voice, which is, well, how do I discover? Because in the app, you can see, okay, you can see the conversations that are taking place. Oh, so, this one is, and you can search, you can search and you can find Brett Kinsella is talking on Friday at three, right? And Jody on Wednesday at three, and you can decide, you can schedule them. So you can do all those things, right? But it's, if it's pure voice, um, how are you going to do that, right? Um, so I think... Discovery again comes back and comes to voice, uh, but I can see the form factor of the smart speaker being a very strategic place where one can start these audio only. You might say, "I want to listen to anybody who's talking about um, I don't know about the about the Seattle Seahawks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right?" Um, and it says, "Okay, I have three conversations: one from this person, fr- from this, and that, and that. Which one do you want to listen to? This one?" And they start listening, right? And then if they have, I think the, the hardware is there or the, the features are there, you might be able to say, okay, I want to say something. Say, well, you are um, you are three in the queue, number three in the queue, right? Mm-hmm. And then 30 seconds before and say, okay, ready, get ready. It's going to be you. And then ding, ding, your turn. And then you talk, right? Uh, and something like that. So I think you're brainstorming already the solution.
0: Well, I mean, like the more I think about it, I'm just like, uh, one thing that, that needs more thought process is not just... Uh, functionality of devices, but where are those devices located and what do you yeah. generally do in those right. locations? Exactly. So like, uh, you know, me and, um, people that are, uh, a generation behind me or a generation behind that would be more comfortable speaking in their living room than speaking to their phone or speaking to their computer. Yeah, it's more natural, even though there's nobody there that that's the part that they'd have to get over. But like having that action in a common place where you do yeah. that action, Yeah.
1: I agree. Sense. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, spot on in, in my opinion, because uh, this thing we just described is the, sort of a the, the combination of two things that um, that generation is very familiar with, right? Number one is the radio, mm-hmm. right, and number two is the conference call, right, three, four, five way conference call, right. So it sort of brings both those two together. So you're listening to a show, and you're able to participate in a show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the only. I think that's sort of the, the leap there. But the rest. Uh, is sort of, you know, uh, what has existed already. I think it would be, be great to, to lean on that stuff, right? Um, I mean, uh, people are calling, uh, clubhouses like the new radio, which is true. Uh, and they're calling it also the new conference call, which is, which is true, right? Because you're just getting people together and you're listening to each other talk. And, um, but as they say, there's nothing really new under the sun, but still we managed to create new things right by just reconfiguring things right repackaging well,
0: them yeah yeah and i had a friend in college um, cuz you know i i have a i'm a composer i write music and she was always baffled by that and she goes how do you come up with more songs there's so many songs out there how is there another <laughs> one so it's like it's just freeing yourself from the from the idea that this is it Tune in next week to the sound and marketing podcast for the conclusion to our conversation. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on all the major podcast channels, share with your friends, follow and rate, spread the word because well, more people should know about this stuff. I know, you know that now for any other inquiries, you can find me at dreamer productions. That's D R E A M R productions.com or Soundinmarketing.com, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on-brand.